Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don and Sue's here, and we have Hi, a very, we have a very very special guest. Hi, Bella. Welcome to the podcast, Bella Rose. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, and Bella is um, she has a, a website and a and a ministry and a and a business and all of it wrapped up together called Delight Your Marriage. It's about intimacy. And so, oh gosh, and everybody's getting scared right now. When you say the word intimacy, right? You're scared and excited all at the same time. So Bella, tell us about your ministry. Tell us about, you know, kind of even your story a little bit. That'd be great. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, so honored to talk to crazy cool family folks. (laughs) This is just so exciting. And as I talked to you all before, um, I'm already a fan. So I've been watching your videos and learning a lot. So, um, Yeah, so Delight Your Marriage started with, uh, just like a lot of us, the way God uh, brings us through struggles and sufferings, and he teaches us through it. So my story started out with um, little girl dreams of having an amazing marriage and being connected and loved and a wonderful wedding and a white wedding dress and just being swept off my feet. That was the the goal early on, and I did a lot of things right. I read a lot of things that I thought were helpful. I mean, I, I was really aiming to, to stay pure. And I did when I got married, I was, I was a virgin and, um, and things just really fell apart and we both did not understand each other. I didn't understand how, uh, how, how a man needed to be loved and he didn't understand how a woman needed to be loved. And I didn't understand why we were both in such pain and strife. There was so much anger, so much strife between the two of us. And it turns out in reflection that we were missing each other completely. And so um, sadly that ended in divorce. And um, my husband knows, my, my current husband knows that I say this, but if I had known what I know now, I really believe that I could have had a healed marriage, a a good marriage, in fact, a happy marriage, but I just didn't know what I know now. And so ultimately, um, there was a season of, um, after the divorce, just disappointment in God and going away from him and, uh, really rebellion, but also it was out of disappointment. And so I was promised, uh, promiscuous and really felt like sex was not sacred at all. It was just about power and risk and adventure and, Ultimately, it ended in heartbreak after heartbreak, which is because that's actually what intimacy is, is it's a connection of hearts and um, not just bodies, but yes, bodies. And um, so finally, I started dating somebody who was kind. And it was it was just a gift from the Lord that this man who I called Darrow, um, uh, he was he was genuine and he was kind and he was able to love me through a lot of the pain and a lot of the woundedness that I had incurred my first marriage. We got married, um, Darrow and I, and we surrendered our lives to Jesus. We found a really wonderful Christian community and, um, we 
really grew. And, uh, and then it became really clear through this journey that I didn't understand the power of sex. Not only was sex sacred and holy, but it was powerful. And there is a difference in the way men and women understand intimacy and its value. And, um, so I think the, the final part of the journey was I, um, I wrote a, I wrote a book specifically for wives who, uh, maybe they grew up in a similar situation as I did, conservative home, really committed to the biblical wisdom of saving sex for marriage, which is biblical, and that should be followed. But how do you move from that when you get married to a place of freedom in intimacy and, and deeply unified and connected? And that's when I wrote the book, Delight Your Husband. And... Um, and there's actually a lot of practicals in that. And I kind of went after the scariest act in the book <laughs> to see how wives could actually be free in this. A Christian, biblical, uh, Jesus-loving wife, how could she be free? And so that was kind of the question there. Um, and then I thought, you know, that's all I needed to do until slowly it was like, well, wait a second, people can't get helped unless you kind of do some marketing, you know, as scary as that was. So then I started the podcast, started coaching women. And slowly as, um, as that continued, men started reaching out to me to ask me how I could get their wives interested in this material. And, um, this is the part we laughed about Suzanne just a minute ago was, um, as I started talking to them, uh, you know, just over email, like, I don't really know how to help your, your marriage. I don't like, this is, I don't know. And I also don't know if I should go ahead. Because men were saying, help my wife, make my wife read your book, make my wife listen to your podcast. What can I do? And you're like, I, I can't make her do anything, but I can help you maybe. Right. Right. Well, and I'll say even before I got to the place of, I can help you. I was like, I, I assumed they were good. I was like, well, clearly this man is doing just fine. He just needs his wife to change. Like I was on his side until I started talking to these men. And then I was like, oh, now, yes, I see where the gaps are. I see why your wife might not be going towards intimacy because we're missing this and this and this and this. So yes. Um, and now Suzanne, that's my, my, uh, refrain is work on yourself. But at, for a while, I didn't even realize that was, <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, so Bella, what I think is so beautiful is that you went in and you, you took your experience, you wrote the book, then you studied women, you invited women in, you heard their stories, you took all that information, which then attracted men to, wait a minute, how can, so then you studied men, what their problem was. And so it's almost like you inserted yourself in the middle of all these intimately, intimate less, I don't know, I think that's a word, but these marriages that didn't have any intimacy, you inserted yourself in the middle of them and helping both sides. And I just think that's so beautiful. At Crazy Cold Family, we, um, we talk about, um, you know, pursue God, build relationships, create culture. But in that build relationships, one of the, the main relationship, well, I wouldn't say the main one, but one of the relationship lines is the marriage line. And I so many times, I mean, and I know that we've walked it too. That's the hardest one most of the time because we're so distracted by 
life and what's going on in the children and the job and the in church. And I mean, you fill in the blank what it is that's distracting us from that marriage relationship. And so I just well done for for, you know, for fighting for kingdom marriages and putting the most important element in there, which is intimacy. Well, and and I think that I want to I want to roll back a little bit because I think this will really speak to parents. Um, What you said was you were the white picket fence, virgin going into marriage, and yet, you know, and and I freak dads out about when I talk about this because I've got four, we've got four daughters. And I remember, you know, having conversations with people saying, you know, we save ourselves for 20, so we have fun for 60. You know, I mean, in terms of, you know, 20 years or 20, you know, because, and so I remember thinking as my girls were growing up, okay, yes, I want my girls to stay pure, but I don't want them to be prudes once they get into the bedroom with their husband. And how do we make that? And what you were saying was, is that transition, there was, there was the knowledge to to help make that transition happen because the very thing that keeps you pure, you know, then you need to learn some different things about, um, you know, in order to have intimacy in the marriage bed and not just in the marriage bed, but in the marriage relationship. Is that what you say? And so, um, yeah, so I think it's super exciting. I think one of the things that you can speak a lot to our people about is just, you know, how you help your son and daughter make a healthy transition from purity before marriage. You know, we've got a son. He's about to be married in November, you know, and Suzanne is, you know, um, I remember, you know, in in many ways she's helped with uh, the the daughters and the sons-in-law's to be able to help with how that's happening, you know, that transition. That's a really, really good point and and question. And honestly, that is what uh, a constant refrain in our, um, you know, because now I coach men and I coach women separately, but that's a constant refrain in our communities is, I wish I knew this before marriage. I wish I knew there's, you know, now I... I've been suffering and for decades. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I, I believe, and so we're going to introduce all your materials and stuff in, in a minute, in a little while. But I mean, you have a pre-marriage workbook things that are coming out, right? So I mean, I'd like to just, can we just sidebar just a minute and address that? Because I think we would really like to, I think a lot of parents would really like to know that. Oh, I so appreciate that. I would love to, absolutely love to. Yeah. So we have a we have um, one of our first of three pre-marriage resources. So they're just these little tiny um, workbooks. And the reason they're so skinny is because they're for, uh, they're for people to consume pretty quickly. Now in the age of scrolling, you eh, there's not that many people that are interested in reading cover to cover 200 page books. So this is just a 45 page book workbook where it really does the bare bones. So the first one is called pre-dating and it's before you ever start dating. And we talk about things like the, um, and and it's for anyone from 12 to 82. That's on our cover. (laughs) 82. Yeah. 83. Sorry, but 82. (laughs) Um, but one thing we talk about that's really key, and, and because you've got families out there, I would love to just say this one quick thing. So we have the three biggest mistakes. I'll just tell you what they are super quick. Falling in love before choosing who to marry. Mm. Good. It's so easy to fall in love. It's easy. But 
who do you want to marry? You need to choose that intentionally first. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one, knowing your worth and owning it. Mm-hmm. Big one. And the last one, not being disciplined in dating. Yeah, that's um, good. Okay, so I'll just say the the four stages of dating. I would love to just say this so people can have in the pre the reason. So we kind of invite people if they can the pre dating. Um, before they start dating. That would be great if they did this workbook before they started dating. So again, 12 year olds, they can, they learn it, you know. So stage one is meetups. So this is before there's any commitment to do anything. This is fun. This is a coffee. This is, there's no expectations of anything except relaxed. Stage two is dating. That's when the first commitment happens of exclusivity. So, so often people become exclusive before they even know if they should like it becomes this big your heart is all in the dating and you it shouldn't have been that way you know if you just had your expectations right you could have saved your your heart a lot of grief um then the engaged stage and then finally of course the marriage stage so that's the pre-dating workbook and then we're about to come out with the pre-engaged workbook i have it here we're very soon to come out with that and probably within the next four or five months um if not sooner we'll have the official premarital workbook, which is the skills needed right before you get married. Awesome. And so I just want to alert that to parents, because I think that, you know, there is this, you know, we are wanting to keep our kids pure, but then there's a transition that needs to happen. And it starts at, you know, they need to understand dating as well as, you know, when they go into marriage, uh, what happens when you, you know, how do you build intimacy with your spouse? And so um, that's awesome. And then, but you work also with a lot of people who are already married and now need to. So um, let's also help them with that piece of life as well. Yes, yes. And to Suzanne's point, um, the marriage relationship really, you know, if the marriage isn't strong and unified, your kids suffer. They feel it. They feel the disunity. They feel the tension. They know that behind the scenes, even if you can keep it in the other room, you know, they know their parents are arguing. They, they feel it when you are jerky with your movements because you're frustrated about what he did or didn't do or what she did or didn't do. And, um, and so we, we rely on a, a, a whole framework. We call it the delight your marriage framework. And, um, so just because frameworks make things simple and easy to remember, not that life is simple, but we just try to simplify things so we can remember it. Um, so for men, what do they need to feel delighted in marriage? And then for women, what does she need to feel delighted in marriage? So let me start with the women. Um, let me yeah, stop you there before you go, because what you're saying there is a woman will define intimacy different than a man in many ways. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's even like, is it intimacy, connection, emotional? Yeah. All of these things. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of men and women are so different. And if we come to marriage with that assumption, we're going to serve each other different. We're going to assume, oh, wait, not only are you physically different, obviously broad shoulders, different tone of voice, different genitalia, obviously. Right. But why do we assume emotionally and psychologically we'd be the same? It's just like, no, God made us unique, different, equal, but both bearers of his image. Um, 
Yeah. We, I would say that we spent the first decade of our marriage trying to change each other into each other. I mean, I would say I wanted him to be uh, a hairy woman, basically. I mean, <laughs> be a man, but think like me, feel like me. I just want you to feel and have the emotions and, and be like me. And I don't think it was until the second decade that I was like, I actually don't want you to be anything like me. I'm way too emotional. I feel way too much. Both of us cannot feel this much. I, I need to be me and you need to be you. But yeah, there is a beautiful difference. And I think that so many times um, we fight those differences until we can rest in it and believe, oh no, that's God's design. It's his best. It's beautiful. And so I just wanted to have sex more. I just wanted to have sex more. (laughs) 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 Which you even talk so much about in, in all the things in your, in all your different podcasts and in your delight, your marriage framework. I mean, I want you to go through and I want you to talk about it, but I also want to empower you mom and dads out there. You can go to her website, delightyourmarriage.com and download it. It is a free resource for her. for you guys. And so listen to what she has to say, but also earmark that you can hold it in your hands and print it out and have it. But it's beautiful information um, broken down so, so simply. And as I was reading through it, it was like, yeah, yeah. John needs to, I need to, I need to hang this on the mirror in the bathroom for him. (laughs) Wait a minute. I need to hang this on the mirror in the bathroom for me about him anyway. It's so true. I'm so happy to hear you say that because, you know, so often when, when it's presented as, oh, this is all about sex or this is about physical intimacy. It's like, oh, well, she's just on the husband's side. Oh, she, you know, it's just about the man. And it's, <laughs> oh, I mean, when we both can understand what each other is designed to, how each other is designed to receive love, it's this, this dance of unity and and the kids benefit. The children thrive in an atmosphere of love and warmth and unity. Um, and it's something we have to fight for. It, it's, not, it's not an automatic thing. And that's why full-on unity, intimacy, and in marriage um, makes both partners more like Jesus because they both have to die to themselves. And they both have to say, I see you. I see you're different. I'm going to die, die to my desire to stay on the couch eating potato chips. <laughs> and decide, wait a second. I love my spouse more. I love him more. So I'm going to, um, yeah, I'll go through the intimacy framework or the, the delight your marriage framework to, to, um, yeah, to make it clear. So, so for women to feel safe, that's what she's really seeking. Uh, first and foremost is just to feel safe. Uh, and what does that mean to be accepted, to not be judged, to not have pressure, not pressure around sex, not pressure around she needs to change. Uh, really, who she is makes you happy. You really love her for who she is. You like her, not just love her, you like her. Um, known. She, that's the second one. She wants to know that you know her. Of all the women in the whole world, you chose her because she's unique. She's different. She is... is um, you, you understand her uniquenesses. You understand her, her passions, her pursuits, her interests, her opinions, her dislikes, um, the little things that make her eyes light up. And then the final thing, three, is um, wholeheartedly cherished. So that's the romance, everything that you see on a chick flick where uh, the guy just pursues her and he woos her and he 
brings her roses for no reason. He buys her something fun that sits on the office to uh, just be fun to, to be there or like chocolates that are her favorite or that's also dates, consistent dates, gentlemen, consistent, consistent, consistent dates, um, but also surprises, little yeah. surprise <laughs> dates. So maybe you've got a every other week Thursday babysitter planned, which I highly recommend. Um, but also you do every now and then a like, babe, I'm taking you out to brunch um, just randomly because you know she would love it. So those are those are the things for the ladies. And so, so I just want to interject for a second. It's I'm just giggling because we sound psycho as women. You know, make a plan, be consistent, but be spontaneous and have fun with it. You know, buy her this, but not too much, and make sure you tell her that she's skinny, but buy her chocolates, but don't. I mean, we just sound we just as as women, we're like, here's all the rules. Don't follow any of them, but do them all. You know, break a rule along the way. Don't hold me to any of the rules but you better follow all the rules. I mean, it's just us women. You men, you just have to love us. That's how we're made. Yeah, that's just so true. And, and the men are just like, as as one of the comedians says, just two crickets playing racquetball uh -huh. up here. You know, we just kind of bounce around. You just, know, we're just so simple. And they just, they just tell us just, what to do. Just, just tell us what to do. Give me the, give me the strategy. Well, so you'll be happy to know when I coach men, we literally have checklists. We literally, we have line bars. We have graphs. <laughs> yes, Don right. would love that. That's exactly yeah. what, that's exactly what he would need. Me, not so much, but I mean, right. yeah, definitely. Because you're, you're absolutely right. It is not, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> though well. I will not be happy if I'm ever called psycho. I'll tell you that, Suzanne, right now. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, you know, I just, yeah. I just said, so, I didn't say we were. I just said we sounded. Well, we here's the other one. She can right. call herself psycho, oh, but yeah, I can't call her psycho. No, no way. No. I mean, that's absolutely just, not. You know, that's so, another rule. Yeah, yeah. A rule yeah. That you can't, I can break, but you can't. Yeah, there's a total double standard in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, guys, just get used to it. There's a double standard. I mean, the, the things that we, we can't do the things that they can do. All of it. it's, just, it's just the way it is. <laughs> the beginning of our marriage, John would say, there's a double standard. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, he goes, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, fair? What does fair mean? Fair yeah. means equal? No. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't like the double standard. Sorry, I'm female. Yeah, it took, it's taken me 30 years, but I know it's just, it's there. It's, uh, it's just, it's just part of it. <laughs> so you've embraced it now. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about embrace it, but it's there. I know that much. <laughs> Well, I'll, okay. Now, now let's get on the the men's side. Now we yeah, we've, right. uh, we we'll let you uh, feel happy now. So we'll do we'll do the men's. Um, what makes him delighted in his marriage is the first thing, very biblical thing, is respect. Um, you know, similar to you, Suzanne. Once got married, I'm like, okay, so it's my job to fix my husband. And what does that mean? perfect him. That means everything that I think should happen, should happen. I mean, that's because my way is right. And da, 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 da. right. <laughs> that's very right. disrespectful. And the problem is I actually didn't realize that was what disrespect was correcting him, teaching him, um, uh, telling him what to do using command phrases. I didn't realize that was disrespect. And that is such disrespect. <laughs> So, so true. So true. 
Even another thing I didn't realize was mothering was disrespectful of like, well, th that shirt or, you know, you haven't had enough greens or the, like the same thing I would tell my sons like, oh, I shouldn't tell my husband. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And just a little note, your sons are still young, but there will be a time that you have to even back off that you can't even mother them because it's male, female. And there's a dynamic there that mm. female, when it interacts with male, mothering is not an option. So you by all means still mother, they want to be mothered, but if you're back to that, your oldest son's 10, but a couple more years from now, he's going to start pushing back on even that mothering, which is very yeah, interesting. I, I think it also says you know, I talk to my male friends about this, um, you know, and we want the approval of our wives. Mm -hmm. And so often when they are, they, it's not like I have multiple wives, when my <laughs> wife is correcting me, you know, um, but I mean, that it feels like that I am not enough. It feels like that I'm not living up to the, because uh, I want to please her. I want her to be pleased with me. I want her to be happy. You know, that's another big deal. I just want her to be happy. Just don't be irritated with me. Be happy. And um, But yet when she's telling me something that's not good enough or whatever, I need to correct. And she's really doing it from the standpoint of, I can help you. I want to help you be better. I want to, you know, she has good intentions, but it comes across to us as, you know, oh, wow, this is, I'm not enough. I, she would like me to be better. If I were better than she would, then she would be happy. You know, things like that that are spoken that are unspoken, if you will. Right. right. Whereas the, the, a lot of times what's actually going on is the husband may finally take his wife on a date. She's critical. But the reason she's critical is because she just is like, oh my gosh, he wants to know me? Well, let me tell you, I would prefer blah, 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 blah. And so she's actually trying to be known right. while he's like, just give me a compliment. Just, just tell me that you enjoyed yourself. Can't you? <laughs> As you mentioned, she's, she, but so it's a bad strategy what she's doing. If she can hold back and just compliment what he just did and be happy and be easily pleased, then maybe the next time he'll do it again. But you're right. If if he feels criticized, he's going to be like, well, I guess she's never going to be happy. Why? Why try? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that the husband says it's not it's just it's I don't feel good about myself. And if I don't feel good about myself, if I don't. You know, and, and maybe I don't even feel loved for who I am. You're talking about how in the flip side, we need to love her for who she is. You know, and, and I think sometimes that's kind of forgotten on the men's side is we need to feel love for who we are because so much of our life is performance based. We go to a job and if we don't perform, you know, you got a husband who's a salesman and he's judged by his quota every quarter. You know, he doesn't want to come home and have a quota at home, too. You know, that that's and that's that's hard for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a perfect uh segue Don into the the second piece that he needs to feel fulfilled is admired that he yeah. that she notices his strengths and that's her focus she focuses on the good about him and who he is as you mentioned Don that where he's winning where he is doing well um where he is pleasing her um the ways that he is serving her because they're there you know, I just, I just, gave, okay. I just wrote a, um, I wrote a, um, a blog about this just uh, last week. That one of the things Suzanne has done just in the last twenty years, probably. I don't know where she picked it up, or, but I mean, like she will, 
mention to the kids a lot, wow, aren't we grateful for for the provision of our husband? You know, that, that, you know, because I've always been the provider for the home. She stayed at home. And so she's like, well, you know, and somebody will say, mom, this is a great meal. Well, you know what? It wouldn't have happened if it weren't for your dad going out there and working and paying for it. You know, and uh, the compliment's not directly to me, but it just builds me up in front of our kids. Well, yes. it blesses me, you know I mean? And, yes. and so, um, and, and that's, that's an example of what you're talking about, how, Wives can make a huge, and I tell wives a lot, you don't understand the influence you have in your man's life. And if you can speak life into them and, and like you're saying, overlook some of the stuff that irritates you or whatever, uh, you will create a superhero yes. in several ways. Yes, yes. And when you mention overlook, you know, that's a very biblical concept. We're it says many times in the Bible, many times to not quarrel. And so often we're like, well, I'm frustrated. I need to tell my spouse right now. <laughs> they need to know. <laughs> and it's just like those little tiny arguments really mean a lot to your husband that, you know, a little tiny thing. He really like it matters to his, if he wants peace, he wants, like you mentioned, he wants her to be happy. So when when unfortunately wives, you know, I've done, made this mistake plenty. Sometimes I still do where I, you know, have some little complaint. It's like, he takes that because he wants, he wants to make his family and his wife especially happy. So, all right, well, let's get to the last one. Um, so for him, wholehearted sexual intimacy is what makes him feel filled up. And this is not just uh, physically, this is not just a physical uh, craving and desire and need. Um, it is that because that is God's design for a man, but it's also emotional. And that's the thing I think women miss the most is how emotionally important intimacy is for him. And so a lot of times women, good God-fearing women will say, well, I, you know, never said no. And we always once a week or whatever it might've been. Um, but her heart isn't in it. She's not engaged. She's not uh, enthusiastic around the lovemaking. And so is it lovemaking if it's not enthusiastically engaged in by both the, the wife and the husband? Um, because if we think about it, just like a husband taking his wife on this amazing date in this amazing restaurant in wonderful uh, ambiance and, and food, and he just crosses his arms and says, go ahead, eat. Like, <laughs> yeah. enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, gosh, your your physical needs are met. Come on, be happy. Yeah. Right. That. Right. That's hilarious. And so good. So yeah. good. I think yeah. you know, women. You know, moms out there. Are you hearing that? That is so valuable. That I think that as moms, we are. You know physical touch and affection all day long with our little kids. And by the time we get in bed at night, we're thinking, I don't want anyone else to touch me. You know, even if it's the, the, the loving touch of my man, if you will, it's like, I have been, I have given out all day long. I can't possibly want to give out one more, you know, thing, but I just think that's so such a good picture of, 
is he invests in, you know, what you want, which is to be known, safe and, whole, you know, wholeheartedly cherished. How do we invest in what he wants and what he needs? And honestly, Bella, I've never heard it that the the for me, I guess, as a female, I'm always thinking the man needs it for physical, but not emotional. Like while I know it is an emotional connection to, to make love, I didn't think the man needed it emotionally. But for me to hear you say that, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, well, why didn't why didn't that ever click with me? That of course, of course. Well, and it's important that the, for the man, I think you've you've uh, you've probably you've talked to more men than I have about this topic, but they they want to please their wives. So they want their wives to be happy, but they also want them to be pleased. They want them to be, you know, pleased sexually, pleased emotionally. I mean, it's it 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 feels selfish if it's just about me. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, and that's a big part of that wholeheartedness of us women engaging in intimacy in a way that also causes us to be pleased. Cause it's almost like the first goal of a wife, a lot of times. So, so the, the natural progression, scientifically speaking for the most part. And so that's why I assume, so it's about 80% of the time men have a higher drive than their wives. And, um, but to some degree with, with those that come to my work, I find that those that are even in the 20%, Sometimes it's actually an emotional reason, lacking respect and admiration. That's why he doesn't want intimacy as much as she does, because there's there's actual relationship issues that. So anyway, the point of the matter is the vast majority are in this category that we're talking about. Um, Now, if you're the minority in that, please don't um, don't hear that there's something wrong with you. It's just that this might not be I might not be the resource to help you. That's all Um, that there are resources to help different types of couples and different dynamics. Um, in any case, what I want to talk about is um, the what I hear, now I got lost track of thought. Um, <laughs> well, you're talking about the 80% and how yes. in, that- in the 80%, um, let's see, Don, I was coming off of something you were saying. Wanting, oh, oh, okay, wholeheartedly sexual intimacy. Um, so often women are, their first motivation is just to satisfy their husband. So, okay, now I remember what I was trying to say. Okay, this is how it normally happens. There's spontaneous desire, butterflies, all of this for both men and women when they're dating. Then they get married, spontaneous desire sexually for both men and women. And then about two to three years, it drops off. And that's the consistent theme for women, sorry, for women, that spontaneous desire drops off. But then she becomes more, um, maybe lower libido or and or more responsive desire. So basically, if she were to desire, decide in her head and heart that she's going to have intimacy, her body can respond after the decision. But it's not necessarily just with what you're saying, Suzanne, she's got all sorts of things going on in her life. She's got kids. She's doing this. She's got babies that she's trying to nurse. And no, she doesn't want to be touched and all that. But if that's why it's so important to get wisdom to understand how a husband and how a wife are wired differently, because then if she realizes, wait a second, this is vitally important in our marriage. And this is God's will for our union. This is unity that Jesus even talks about. So if she puts her values higher than her maybe feelings, 
starting off and she commits to a wholehearted sexual experience with her husband, suddenly, few minutes into the experience, her body starts responding. So she becomes, she's responsive desire. But I guess the thing that I want to invite every wife listening and every mother listening is that just because your desire naturally dropped off, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, there's, you absolutely, even if you've had a hysterectomy, even if you've gone through menopause, your desire can come back, but really and truly, it has to start with the wisdom to know that sexual intimacy is so vitally important, yes, for your husband's heart, but also God's will for your marriage. It's really, really important. It's good for you. So the motivation may start by, I just want to satisfy my husband, but eventually to get to a place where God designed you for pleasure too, and yeah. you can actually yeah. enjoy it. And I want to kind of, so I want to wrap, I want to wrap this up with a very important point. I think that's related to that, you know, because I'm, and you see a lot of couples, you know, coming through, you know, and, and like you said, a lot of men coming through or whatever. And I, we see it a lot in our parenting stuff that one spouse is interested in moving forward and the other really is not perceived to be interested in moving forward. They may or may not be, but from the perception of the spouse, one spouse, they're like, I really want to improve our marriage. I really want to improve our intimacy. And um, not talking about intimacy, but just talking about the marriage relationship in general. I tell those parents, there's hope. There is hope. If you will do what you are supposed to do, then and God doesn't give you any guarantees that your spouse is going to change. But I would love for you to speak into that from the intimacy standpoint, because I know you see it a lot. And kind of what is the normal, maybe a, a normal progression you see as men or women decide to pursue intimacy? Yeah, well, so we talked about a little bit before on um, before we hit record is that now I work with more husbands than wives, and um, you know it's a it's a journey. Um, I'm not the maybe the I guess the point is that it this this is dying to ourselves every day. This 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 is what marriage is. This is what we signed up for when we married somebody of the opposite sex is we said, I'm going to love you the way God designed you because you're a man or you're a woman. And so I think the thing that I would invite, um, because I, I just feel for men so much, um, so, so much, uh, when they're in a sexless marriage or sex is infrequent, I want to, um, I want to be as helpful as possible. So if there's mothers listening, I want to, I want to just give you, there's two things. This is the trouble. I love coaching separately because then only wives can hear what I say or right. only husbands can hear what I say, but we really need to have, we can't have expectations for each other. Now I gave men a very clear expectation of, or not invitation is what I asked is I said, every other week, have a date for your wife. So women, I'm going to give you a very clear invitation for frequency for your husband is see about two to three times a week of wholehearted sexual intimacy. And maybe once a month, something really out there special, like just <laughs> love, love your husband. Well, women, you have an opportunity. This is your only man. This is the only man. Why not have him the happiest man out there? And the thing about he's going to, 
you said we're wrapping up, right? I need to, I need to wrap up. No, well, he just meant wrapping up that one section and leading into this next section, which you're talking about. So continue. <laughs> I can totally wrap up. Um, what the thing is when you, um, are pursuing to love your husband well, you're pursuing a really good thing. And your husband, you know, a lot of times when there's been a gap in intimacy, it's really hard to get over kind of that mountain when there's been, whether there's been months or years. Um, and that's real. That happens. There's a lot of married couples out there like that. So if you're in that space, I just want you to know, as Don said, there is hope for you. So you get over that mountain, you make love that first time, and then you make it consistent. But the point is, he is going to be kind of ravenous in the beginning. But once he can trust that this that is one. consistent, yeah, I mean, it's like somebody who's starving. They're going to eat like crazy at first. So yeah, it's going to feel like nothing will ever satisfy him. But it's because there's a real anxiety that he doesn't know when it's going to happen next. So if it's a monthly thing that you guys are making love right now, that's not enough. I invite you, I really, really invite you to prioritize your life in such a way that your husband is higher than your kids. Because if your marriage is not solid, your kids suffer. I had a, a, an incredible woman that I highly look up to. And this is what she said. It gives me goosebumps every time. This is what she said. She said, the best thing I can do for my children's eternity is make passionate love to their father. Mm, wow. I love it. Well, we got to put that on a billboard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Middle drive-line yeah. honk. Yeah. Go, <laughs> oh, come on. I'm doing the trucker's horn sound. Here we go, baby. Come on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so um, that's that's awesome. I think it's I think it's well said. Well, well I'm just going to say that I think that that statement um, totally um, underscores the power that we have as women to invest in our husbands, which then trickles down to the legacy that we're in the inheritance that we're leaving for our children when it comes to their marital relationships and even their security. I mean, and just to kind of piggyback on your idea, I remember we used to, um, serve in our church's nursery. And I could tell you the, 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 when that, when the child was dropped off, I could tell you if the parents had fought on the way to church and if they weren't getting along by how clingy the child was and how insecure and how desperate they were to cry when they didn't, they couldn't be independent or there, there could be the child that wouldn't even interact with you because they were so closed off because of the tension that they were feeling in the marriage. And so I just want to reiterate that, that 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 is a thing, you know, moms and dads that are listening out there, your children are seeing your, how you interact with your marriage, but they're also feeling it. They're feeling whether you are, you know, hugging each other when you first see each other and you're talking to each other in nice tones or if you're quarreling or if you're avoiding each other. So valuable. Yes. yes. Well, yeah, that's so, mm -hmm. well, you go ahead. Just, I didn't answer your question at all, Don. So I'd like to. Um, you said, <laughs> so the point this of the matter. Wow, this is <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. I'll answer this one. <laughs> yeah, I clearly shifted complete gears. Um, no, I'd love to to swing back. Yeah, if you know, um, I I told you before we started recording. There's so many people that that come. That so many men that come to our work because they are in desperation. They have even cried in front of their wife for intimacy and they just, 
they can't get her to budge. She feels um, shut down and she feels um, not good enough and all of it. And I get that. I get, I just, I just so empathize with wives because I have felt that I felt like, Oh, he's going to complain again because da, 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 I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not good enough. And um, so, so here's the answer that I always give Don. I hope this isn't um, the wrong answer to give, but ultimately you've got to work on yourself first. Um, and usually, unfortunately, uh, men, they just don't have the tools. They didn't have uh, they didn't have a role model. Mostly men and women didn't have a role model. Did you, did anyone have like a marriage that you grew up in? Some people did for sure. But, um, a marriage that you're just like, I want the level of passion and fun and flirtation and peace that that couple had. And, and you're thinking of your own parents. Like most people don't have that information. And so most boys, they grow up never making eye contact when they listen. And they don't ask people, how are you doing? Tell me about your heart. Let me, and that's natural for women, but a woman needs those things. That's listening skills and these other skills that he needs. So we always invite men to, to do the work, to do the program. Um, mm -hmm. And so often because he's done the program and he actually like their wives see the results. She then comes and does the program. So she does work on herself and her mindset and all the stuff. So it's a journey for both sides, but that's, that's how we That's actually a great answer to the question because so many times in our spiritual walk, this is what I tell men and women, parents and, you know, husbands and wives, God says, step in. He doesn't say that he's going to give you the, the, nirvana once you do it you know i mean he's gonna god's gonna take care of you in whatever way that, that he deems best but i mean the, we never get to step in the water knowing the answer we we always have to step in in any situation in our families you know if you're and and it's and i tell husbands this you know because i speak to men more than women but go first just yes. go first and do those things and don't wait for no if i do it then well well what's she gonna do you know, mm. well, I, I don't know. It's maybe really nothing. maybe nothing, but really it's not what she's going to do. It's what God's going to do. If you're going to, you, you know, you step in with faith in God, mm -hmm. not even necessarily faith in your spouse, because, you know, the, the spouse's heart is going to be changed by God. So, you know, um, we, we, we serve and honor God first. And then, and I, I just say, step into it. You know, uh, it, it's when Jesus went to the cross you know, he, he went there, uh, it says in Philippians 2, that he became obedient to the point of death. And I say, guys, have you died yet? You know, no. Okay, then keep going. Because, you know, if we want to be like Jesus, we're going to we're going to be obedient in, in those. I love it that you've given them three things that are really important to do so they can get their hands around it. I also just love it that how you've studied intimacy, like Suzanne says, from the woman's perspective, and from the man's perspective. And so, you know, um, we probably should wrap up now, maybe. But I mean, as we do that, you know, just knowing the guys, this is a resource that you have in delightyourmarriage.com that, and with Bella, that somebody who just like what we do, we talk about family vision and we kind of stay in our lane and we, and we help families have a vision to raise a godly family and the strategies to do that. That's what she's going. So Bella has a vision for you to have intimacy in your marriage and then specific strategies to help you get there. So Bella, tell them how to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I, so lots of free resources at, at the website, as you mentioned, um, 
I would say two I'll just highlight is one is the marital health um, assessment, which is a series of 16 questions and it scores you in four different really important areas of marriage. And it just gives you, as you mentioned, kind of a vision of like, okay, here's where we could be, but here's kind of where we are now. So how do we move forward? So there's also, there's some pod, uh, free resources that get emailed to you depending on whichever one you scored in. Um, and then as well, the, the second one is if you're, if you're just ready, you're just like, I, I agree. These, these are really resonating with me. I'm ready to find out if I'd be interested in a coaching program. So we have a special, also free opportunity called a clarity call. And it's a two-step process. The first call is just us hearing your story. Um, and then you pray about it. And the second call is if maybe we think you're the right fit, then we'll ask you more questions, et cetera. But the first call, there's actually so much just value in processing your own story and getting clear and getting the right questions asked of you by somebody who actually has had their own marriage transformed through the program. So we'd love to offer you that. That's an easy website to delightyourmarriage.com slash CC. So clarity call. We'd love to have you yeah, if, we'll if put, that feels right. Yeah, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So um, yes, and, and um, Suzanne, do you have any other yeah, I just I just want to just sing praises to Bella just for a couple more seconds. The like her website describes um, marriage as playful, purposeful, and passionate. And do we not want those words to describe our marriage? I just think that's beautiful. And I am such a I'm such a word person. And she and she's titled her ministry "Delight Your Marriage." Delight means a high degree of pleasure, enjoyment, joy, rapture. That's what delight means. Come on. Don't, isn't that what we want in our marriage? A high degree of pleasure and enjoyment. And so that's what Bella's, Bella is, has, has become an expert in helping you become that. And so we just encourage and challenge you to take a good, hard look at your marriage. And is it are you delighting in it? And are and is it at the intimacy level that you want it to be? And chances are the answer is probably no, because we always have a higher ideal than what we're living. Then we encourage you to go check out her resources. If at minimum, just do her free stuff. At minimum, do that. But we encourage you to, you know, go on and, and continue to, you know, press in. Yeah, absolutely. Bella, thank you. It's been a, it's been a delight it having you been on. It's a complete delight. No pun intended. Maybe <laughs> I did. Maybe I did intend that. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much. And we will, um, um, yeah, thank you. So I, I love it. So at Crazy Cool Family, too, that we love casting that vision and then working with partners who are good at things that we don't do. I mean, yeah, we're not good at. Yeah, we're not good at. But <laughs> happens, we haven't developed resources for. It. And so this is a great resource that complements really what we're doing. And in your vision for family, intimacy and in marriage is something that's incredibly valuable, as we've been talking about for the last fifty or hour, whatever we've been doing. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, just go with it and, and learn about it, and and use Bella's resource to help you delight your marriage. As always, parents, go be crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com